And my name is Jared Muhammad, and we're your hosts for the Business Building Blocks podcast. How you doing today? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Hey, oh, we got to have a guest in the studio. That's today. right. One of my uh, good friends, I could say. You know, <laughs> we've done some work together. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, guys. My name's Billy Ayola. Um, multifaceted entrepreneur. Um, just trying to give back to Houston, do as much as I can. Uh, you know, what mainly is involved uh, in today's podcast, wear multiple hats. We do a lot of different things. So it should be a lot of fun getting into That's the right. conversation and to the talking discussion. about Houston business and uh, black business. It should be a lot of fun. All right, we're actually based in Houston, Texas. And what this episode is really going to be centered around is relief for Hurricane Harvey, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just had this devastating uh, event, Hurricane Harvey, that devastated the Texas South Coast as well as Louisiana, and it moved on to other states. But, uh, I mean, we was we were really hit hard here in Houston. Uh, over 100,000 homes uh, affected. And, uh, you know, it really shuts the city down. Right. I mean, it... it, 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 it uh, um, interrupted commerce because of the uh, the thoroughfares, the, the highways, the streets were flooded. Right. right. And and I'm sure the trucks couldn't get into the city mm-hmm. to uh, supply the stores. You know, so and we even under curfew now. The yeah. mayor imposed a curfew. Oh yeah. So you have to do all your shopping, <laughs> and then oh, a lot man. of the restaurants and retail stores. Shut down about seven or eight o'clock. Yes, sir. Uh, yesterday, PM. Yesterday, so. a wild goose chase trying to get food. My sister was back from college uh, station, and we literally went to four restaurants yeah. before we could get anything. <laughs> it's been crazy. So things we don't want to be victims and things like that. Exactly. So in this situation, are there any business opportunities in the rebuilding process or anything like that that people can look forward to? Yeah, you know, oftentimes we quote the scripture where it says, who will rebuild the wasted cities? Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have uh, enormous billions of dollars of damage, you know. So now all of this damaged property, you know, damaged by the floodwaters, it must be repaired. You know, you, right now we're in the stage of uh, demolition. Right. You know, we're going to uh, demo. We're going to take out all of the um, wet, soaked carpet. Mm-hmm. Pad, furniture, uh, clothing, um, all of those things are going to be demo, dem- demolition. Mm-hmm. And now the claims come, insurance claims, insurance of justice, right. um, and also FEMA. FEMA c- compensate those uh, uh, people that didn't have flood insurance or uh, insurance to cover their damage. So FEMA comes in and you get a grant right. and some from federal assistance. So there's there's funds out there. There's there's dollars out there that, are, that and there's business opportunity created by this whole event. And uh, so we just talked about some right um, demolition, uh, trash, mm-hmm. uh, debris removal, trash hauling, uh, every aspect of that, and also the. Um, Mold remediation. Right. Because the floodwaters, once that um, things that are not metal or solid or whatever, 
sheetrock insulation mm-hmm. furniture if that uh, moisture uh, uh, remains in the home uh, toxic mold right People so get very sick that's why it's so important to remove that immediately mm-hmm. uh, uh, demo that and then you may want to treat that area uh, for mold yes sir and that bleach and water solution right uh, will kill mold and they probably have other commercial products mm-hmm. on the market that'll do that. So, But n- look at the biggest elephant in the room is construction. Right. Uh, we, we, we talk about sheetrock, uh, insulation, uh, painting, flooring. Right. You know, flooring was de- devast- destroyed. And then in some uh, properties, you have electrical and plumbing other issues. Mm-hmm. So, Everybody is going to be involved in in whatever uh, end of that spectrum that you're on. Right. And if if you you can chime in, if you you think of some other things that's related. Well, I think you definitely touched on the majority of them. Um, Flooring, definitely, because a lot of people, whether the rest of their home was still intact, it the flooring is what needs repairing. So construction is definitely one of the biggest things. I, I think demolition definitely was the first one that came to mind whenever um, it was actually said that Hurricane Harvey was coming. One of my friends had already said he wanted to start a demolition company right. and uh, something that helped with relief. And so he had started this company, Cormier USA, mm-hmm. and Overall, their whole thing was going to be, you know, trash hauling and repairs and things like that, just like you mentioned. So definitely anything that has to do with housing is is the biggest opportunity here. That's that's the other end of it. Um, There's a shortage of housing because while the construction and renovation is going on, uh, oftentimes you can't live in in, it's not. Um, habitable. Right. So now you have to go to a hotel or somewhere else. Right. And there's a shortage of hotel space. Right. So, um, so if you're in the hotel motel business, mm-hmm. there's there's an opportunity there. Um, also, supplying material. Right. Um, you know the sheetrock supplier, the um, Tiles. Yeah, the tile, tile supplier. Yeah, the, the building material. Yes, sir. Suppliers. Yeah. Um, transportation. Uh, uh, the hauling of the material. Oh, oh, also people be moving. So you got U-Haul. Right. You know, those uh, moving services. Mm-hmm. Storage. Storage. You have to begin to uh, put some things that are salvaged in mm-hmm. storage while you reside in a hotel or right. temporary Lodging. Anything you were able to recover. Storage right. build business. Mm-hmm. Um, transportation, hauling, trucking, right. car rental, um, uh, eat food services. Right. More people going out to eat now. Exactly. You know, fast food, um, uh, a portable uh, lunches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a gamut of, uh, and, and, and it's going to increase uh, commerce. Mm-hmm. Because now all those things that were damaged need to be replaced. Right. Gallery furniture. Yes. You know, the guy that owned gallery furniture. Yes. Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac. I mean, a lot of what he's doing is 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 free free publicity. Definitely. 
and uh, he he allowed people to to use his uh, stores right. for shelters. And they actually slept and sat on his furniture. The same furniture, yeah. And someone asked him, uh, what you going to do with all this furniture once it's been sat on? Are you going to have a sale? He said, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come with, you know, maybe a Harry, uh, Harvey uh, uh, blowout sale or something. Right. So he's very uh, business-minded. Yes. And so that's what we have to do. Right. We have to look beyond the tragedy and look for the uh, opportunity. Right. Definitely. And we, we can't realize that opportunity. You know, the Business Building Blocks podcast is designed for the entrepreneur. Yes, sir. Or the business owner, mm-hmm. particularly in our community, because uh, oftentimes we complain about gentrification. Right. You know, we're losing our neighborhoods, other people coming in. Mm-hmm. But the people that are coming in are buying up property right. and they're building. Mm-hmm. What we're doing, we're watching them build right. and we're complaining. That that whole model has to change. Definitely. We all was affected by this storm. Mm-hmm. So we all are presented with the same difficulties, right. the same challenges. And so the same opportunity. The same opportunity. Exactly. If we take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at slavery, we were simplified version. We were working for others. Right. Built what, a nation for free. What does freedom look like? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you don't work? Oh, that's that's. You're true. still gonna work. You still work, right? But, but for pay, you'll work for yourself, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have ownership. That's true. So, a lot of a lot of times we are uh, confused, and and uh, we are petrified now, and uh, we don't know what to do. We lost for answers, but if we look at things not for what others can do, we complain about others, right? What they are doing to to us, right? But what can we do? For ourselves, right. Let's 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 examine that for a minute. We can create our own employment opportunities mm-hmm. when we create businesses, when we build businesses. Right. Yes, sir. So if we hire ourselves, mm-hmm. that also uh, a responsibility on the rest of us in our community right. to patronize those businesses. Right. You Very see, important. I want to ask Billy a question, actually. Yes, sir. Uh, I know that you have a. a your parents own a company that's like a medical company, right? You said right. a clinic also? Yes. How was your business affected during the storm? Right. Well, luckily, we actually were safe. Everything was good. Um, we have a huge detention pond behind our building. So that ran over okay. and flooded the parking lot. But the building still elevated. So luckily, we didn't have any damage. And within about a week... Well, I'd say within about four days, we were able to return to work, which is very important because, you know, these are people's lives, right? right. So you have a clinic. A lot of people give give you a little bit of a grace period because they understand nothing can be done. And, mm-hmm. you know, they can't get to the pharmacy. They can't get to the hospital anyway. Like whenever you're dealing with a natural disaster in the medical business, yeah. it's huge because when you return Everybody's like, I've been without blood pressure medicine for right. two, three days. So now, what well, their previous fear was was the hurricane. Now yeah. it's how has my health been affected during right. the the hurricane and my uh, immobility? How does it affect me? So I had patients the very first day, Thursday, 
when we return to work that were giving us, cutting us a break, you know, cutting us mm. some slack. Oh, we totally understand. By Friday, there was no more of that. Right. <laughs> People were like, hold on. You yeah. know, my wife's been without her medications. Right. We need them. And then people were like, okay, you know, we were okay with the Hurricane Harvey reasoning before, but now the weekend's coming. Right. And they're like, so we've been without Mm-hmm. Because during the week we've all been immobilized, right. but now the weekend's coming and you guys aren't going to be there because we only run Monday through Friday. Right. So now right. that panic comes and people really get stressed out whenever there's anything like this going on. They they understand that we're all in the situation together, right. but you still have to prioritize you and your family's health and well-being too. So people right. really did get nervous there, and um, you know, luckily we were able to take care of everything. But it, it more than any damage, which there was no damage, it was just a matter of our business having that rush on yeah. Thursday and Friday. But we luckily handled it well, even short-staffed. Yeah. We managed. <laughs> and I, I, well, and well. I've seen that in a lot of the retail businesses as well. Right. That uh, for Walmart, for example, mm-hmm. they had a line. You know, Kroger had a line. Yes. You know, and and they had security, mm-hmm. and they was letting maybe twenty people in at a time, twenty customers right. in at a time, because I'm sure that the employees were affected. Very you much know, so. Their ability to get to work because a lot of automobiles were flooded. That, right. That's another one we didn't yes, talk sir. about. The uh, cars, your your vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, underwater. Right. So now it's destroyed. Now you have a lack of transportation. Right. So there's a uh, the mechanics need to go to work. And also the dealerships, car dealerships, right. Yes, they need to start replacing those affected uh, exactly. vehicles. Yes, sir. So there's a whole gamut of uh, industries mm-hmm. that are going to be stimulated. You know, we talked about clothes. You got to go replace the clothes that was right. uh, saw. Uh, because that the flood water is actually toxic. Right. You know, it, yeah. it got all kind of waste, uh, bacteria in there. So you don't want to reuse that. You want to discard it. Right. Uh, so now you're going to stimulate the economy by right. going out purchasing, and then and that's what we need to make ourselves available. Right. If we're at any end of that spectrum, we talk about human needs. Mm-hmm. You start talking about the medical needs of person's health. Right. But there's a hierarchy of needs. You know, uh, regardless if there was a disaster. Right. We need food. We got to eat. Right. Exactly. Those things can't. We be we had a shortage of water. Some uh, opportunists. Was gouging the prices of, of uh, necessities like water. <laughs> now the price of gas is going. You know, it was threatened about a uh, gas shortage. Yes, prices going up. So um, uh, there's a whole lot of opportunity there that we need to start providing those products and services for ourselves, for our community. Yes, sir. And that therein we are empowered. Right. But now is the time to go to work. Right. Let's gird up our lawns, let's roll up our sleeves, mm-hmm. and let's go to work. And then when, and we start talking about, um, well, I don't know anything about business, but you know how to do the work. Right. Some of the things are low skill. It don't That's require true. a license. That's true. You don't need a license to haul trash. Right. The demo. Right. Tear you up, you know, take a, a sledgehammer and, yeah. <laughs> and tear it out. You don't need a, a sophisticated training. You may need a... A mask, a mask on. Right. You may need gloves on. Mm-hmm. You may need, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm aware of safety precautions. Right. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I just learned also, if you was in in that toxic water, to take a bath with a little bleach in it. Oh, okay. And that would kill the bacteria. 
Okay, very yeah. important. And yeah. they do say you have to wear a mask if you're cleaning yeah. out your house, like, because otherwise there's so many, like you said, bacteria, yeah. uh, there's so many things going on and so many diseases that have been caught in the past, yeah. especially with Katrina, Rita, and things like that. I think we're more aware now of some of the medical yeah. repercussions, so people have to really be safe. And like you had mentioned earlier with the automobiles, yeah. a lot of people think, oh, I have a high water vehicle, I'm fine. Right. But their fluids still have to be changed because they said if you if you've driven through that water, mm -hmm. give it a few months or so, even sometimes weeks, and even trucks and SUVs, their engines will start acting up. Okay. So there there are more opportunities than people think, or a lot of times where people are like, well, this doesn't need to be discarded, or this mm -hmm. doesn't need to be changed. For instance, engine oil and fuel right. like that, it does. Yeah, it does. So I think this is a good time to go into our sponsors. Okay. So people that are supporting us, let's give them a highlight at this time. The first sponsor we would like to highlight is Nation's Products. Nation Products. Nation's Products. They are literacy advocates. Uh, basically, what they do is they sell books, right? Yeah, yeah. Specializing in uh, um, books, children books. And for instance, this one, uh, Famous Blacks in America. Uh, we, we like to talk about this word search book. It's a brain teaser for our children. But each puzzle is a, a, a figure, a historical figure, that uh, made a contribution to our culture and the history of the, and the building of the, this country, this great nation. And uh, our children see themselves in their ancestors. Right. And as they see the accomplishment they learn about each figure, each puzzle, facts about them. Right. Then they learn about their own potential. That builds, that raises their self-esteem. And so uh, we're empowering them with knowledge uh, as uh, being uh, readers and also building their self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Famous book, famous blacks in America. Go to Facebook and like Nation Products on Facebook. There's a Facebook page. And you'll learn how you can. It's a mail order business, and there's a link on there where you can order uh, the books. All right. Nice. Nice. Also, uh, we like to talk about the Final Call newspaper. The Final Call is a public service announcement. Public service announcement. Uh, the Final Call is a national and international newspaper uh, where you can trust that is a from a black newspaper from our perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes in the media, you can't trust it now with these alternative facts, <laughs> you know. Uh, or you may have a media that's biased. Right. And that we are demonized in the media. Mm -hmm. We are vilified in the media. Yeah. You know, the protesters uh, from the uh, Mike Brown or those unjustified police shootings, they were called criminals, thugs, you know, right. looters. Uh, but then... When you have these uh, protesters in, in Virginia, oh, they have their constitutional right. Right. And they're well-armed. You know, they got, <laughs> they got weapons. They got tear gas. They got shields. They got helmets. And they got uh, billy clubs. And they, they, they actually committing violence. Right. But they never call them terrorists or thugs. Uh, you know. So there's they a bias. And police protection. Yeah, police protection. They protected yeah. these people, and they violent, you know. And uh, we were nonviolent. Hands mm -hmm. up, don't shoot. Right. You know, so we need a media that's going to 
tell our story. Right. We have to tell our own story. Exactly. And as we tell our own story, we empower ourselves. Yes, sir. You know, the Final Call newspaper, go to finalcall.com. And another one I'd like to mention is the Economic Blueprint. The Economic Blueprint is the fund that was established by Minister Farrakhan and Nation of Islam. And the whole objective is to purchase farmland. We want to start with 200 million acres of farmland. You cannot be free without land. Land is the basis of economic development. Mm -hmm. The farm, like we talked about, the hard needs. We need to be able to feed ourselves if we're going to be free and independent. Right. And also, all the raw materials come from the earth. Right. If we talk about building material, a wood come from trees, mm-hmm. uh, bricks come from clay. Right. You know, and so forth. All of, if we talk about uh, beef, the beef industry, or the uh, uh, livestock. Right. Milk, cheese, butter, all that come all from natural. the cow, you know. Yes, sir. Leather. Yeah. Come from, from the cow. <laughs> so, our, our food, shelter. Mm-hmm. Clothing, cotton. We know about exactly. cotton. Exactly. Yeah. You know, cotton. Know a good thing about cotton. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, economicblueprint.org is only 35 cents. I mean, it's five cents a day. Right. 35 cents a week. Wow. $18.20 a year. And we can have some, collectively, right. if we pool our resources, we can have some farmland for economic development. It's economicblueprint.org. Perfect. And just recently, we've been talking about Hurricane Harvey. Yes, sir. The Nation of Islam set up a Harvey, Hurricane Harvey, um, Hurricane Relief Effort Fund. You go to uh, noihouston.org, make a contribution, and we're helping those that are affected by the uh, Hurricane Harvey. Perfect. That's NOI. Houston.org. Nice. Perfect. All right. So we're back here with Harvey Ayola. <laughs> That's right. Right. Harvey Ayola, yeah. Yeah, we're going to call me Harvey Ayola for today. Oh, no, I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Ayola. I got Harvey on the brain. Oh, I apologize, oh, y'all. <laughs> Hey, hey, we're helping with relief efforts. Yeah. So we're all Harvey. Yeah. Harvey for Everybody's today. name is Harvey for the rest of the episode. <laughs> but we're here with you. I want to get deeper into your um, what exactly you do because I met you as a as a music booking company right. or, or right. something like that. So I want you to go into everything you do. Yes, sir. And uh, just tell the people exactly what you do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my family is in the medical business. So we have a clinic. My mom's a family physician, so we have a clinic on Fallbrook, 11706 Fallbrook. It's Northwest Houston Family Practice. Okay. Uh, we've been in business for a very long time. Since I was 13 years old, which was 10 years ago, I've been right. doing the billing and coding there. So literally sending insurance claims since I was 13. Uh, there's a lot to the business. I've been learning more of the management side ever since I graduated from U of H. So... I've uh, been staying busy with that. We have a medical supply business, and we also do diagnostics, too. So okay. we have some testing that makes sure people's uh, vascular functions, everything with blood flow and circulation is good. Uh, same with nerves. We try to make sure that people don't have nerve damage and not know about it. Diabetes is pretty pretty prevalent and in a lot of communities. It's not just, you know, African-American communities right. or uh, Hispanic communities, but even, you know, when it comes to... Uh, our white brothers and sisters and 
and so forth. Like yeah. a lot of people have diabetes. So, and that leads to nerve damage. And yeah. so a lot of people have different things. People have faced, you know, frostbite. People have faced all sorts of different things that have led to that. But we do some testing for that. Then um, coming out of U of H, I was still there, but coming out of U of H, my friend David, he went to go work for Toyota because he wanted to one day own a car dealership. Okay. And so David went, started working for Toyota, but he felt like he needed more of a team, team-oriented kind of uh, work environment. So he was ready to leave his job. So he gets on the phone, tells his parents, you know, I think I'm out. Tells his girlfriend, I think I'm out. And we, we head over to Buffalo Wild Wings, and we're just talking, having a good time. But then he lets me know the, the uh, not bind he's in, but that he's ready to, to leave Toyota. And so he, he asked me, well, why haven't we done anything together? And I was like, that's true. We were in the Wolf Center for Entrepreneurship together mm-hmm. and had become best friends. And we were just like, okay, maybe we need to do something together. What's something that you can say you're an entrepreneur and it, and you don't really need a huge staff. And we started thinking about management. And since okay. we both love music, he had been producing for a long time. I'd been songwriting for a long time. We decided, okay, we'll we'll get into the music management game. Okay. And that's actually how we started Free Reign Entertainment, which is now, unfortunately, you know, um, we've moved on from that business. But that's how I came to meet you, Wazir, when I was going ahead and booking shows. And our boy Miles Presley, who has wonderful music, by the way, right. <laughs> he actually had introduced us to Wiseir, and and at that moment, uh, we knew we had something special between Miles and Wiseir performing together. Uh, people yeah. were very, very impressed, and yeah. they both have great musical products. So it, it was a lot of fun while we were doing it. But uh, my next venture or idea, and it's very interesting, Mr. John, that you talked about farmland. I actually want to to start a farmer's market okay. in the black community. Very interesting. We definitely need it. Yeah, it's like, you know, a lot of people, I've met a lot of African-Americans, older African-Americans that are very interested in farming as yeah. a hobby. Okay. And it's great exercise for them. It, it does a lot of great things for them, and they're able to feed their family, and they know that what they're getting is truly organic and things, but... The thing is, they don't look at it as as a business opportunity. Right. And I'm thinking, hey, if you bring your tomatoes and your corn and everything up to a farmer's market, you're, you're going to make some profit. Like, you're actually sleeping on a business opportunity here. So your average, you know, 65-plus-year-old African-American man or woman could easily turn this into a business opportunity, but a lot of them don't look at it that way. So you're talking about urban gardens. The, yes. ur- the yes, urban sir. gardens will be your suppliers. Yes, exactly. So you're looking you're looking at locally grown products. Yes, yes, right. sir. And and bringing them together at a farmers market and using that as a platform. But one of the great things too is that uh, I've run into people that wanted to do things like coffee shops or delis and things mm-hmm. like that too. And it was just the thought of, well, what if kind of like local foods, which a lot of college students are very familiar with, local foods. What if there was to be like a deli and a coffee shop inside and they were selling things like jams and spices and things like that that were also made at the home, you know? So just to bring people together and it would be a great community meetup spot. I think that's another thing that's very much needed is giving people a place to talk and to discuss community issues and solutions. I would would love to 
to network with you on yes, that. Yes, sir, definitely. <laughs> there is there is one in Houston, New Waters. Nice. I don't know if you're familiar with New Waters. is a is a food co-op. Nice. And they have an urban garden on the northeast side of town. Okay. Uh, and the produce that's sold there right. is supplied by the by the uh, urban garden. Nice. And okay. they have a a weekend stand there at. At, at the at the farm, I mean, they got about three acres under cultivation. Right, it's a it's a huge urban garden, I would say, uh, relative, you know. Right, um, three acres is a lot. But uh, there, I mean, we live in a city. We was talking about the population of Houston, mm -hmm. over, over two million, fourth largest city in America, uh, within the county and and surrounding metropolitan areas, about six million. Right. So that one store on a uh, Elgin and Emancipation, near Emancipation Park. Yes, sir. That's not. That's not enough. Right. That's not even enough for that community, for, that right. neighborhood, let alone <laughs> for the city and surrounding areas. Right. And other people are providing us with our food now. Right. Maybe GM, GMOs. Right. You know, maybe sprayed with pesticides. Oh, most definitely. It may be imported from some foreign country mm -hmm. where they don't. They're not regulated properly, mm -hmm. so we we uh, you have an E. coli breakout right. because it was grown in some th third world world nation, and we don't know where we're getting our food from. Right, exactly. So there's a need, and and then you talked about the health disparities. Yes, sir. And um, the uh, diabetes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's caused by the diet. Right. That's exactly. why we all the Americans are suffering health wise. Right. Because we share this toxic diet. Right. Exactly. Fast food. You know, and uh, GMOs and, and, and pesticides. Right. And uh, I don't know what else they're including as ingredients in these processed That's foods. That's true. You know, you may, uh, when they was uh, talking about bread, they were putting high, hair fibers and bread. Wow. You know, even, I did not know. We don't know what they putting <laughs> in there, you know. So uh, yeah. uh, what they call in uh, meat, right. you know, we, it, may, it may not be beef. It may be right. uh, mixed with. Horse or something. Yeah, and I have no idea what it is that is being injected into chickens. Right. But but the thing is, I literally saw this video where there were um, two Asian ladies injecting a chicken to, yeah. of course, make it look more healthy and fat than it right, actually right. They is. They blew it up with that solution. And that's so scary to think of. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what we're eating. Now, don't get me wrong. I love myself some Frenchies. Right. And so, so for me... A lot of times when I'm eating these things, I'm not thinking about it. Right. But the thing is, when you see these videos and everything, you start to believe like, okay, what if we had more homegrown things? Because you can see, like you said, the health disparities, they're all over right. and everyone can see them. But the thing is, we're not focusing enough on correcting the diet. Right. And we don't know that the things we're getting that even are called organic, right. whether they're truly organic or not, you know, we don't. We don't uh, Monsanto. The big GMO corporation. Yes, sir. Bought uh, Whole Foods, so Whole Foods is not Whole Foods anymore. anymore. Yeah, oh, you know it's, it's a marketing technique. Yeah, you know I tell you it's all natural. What does that mean? Right. You know, uh, so they they use it as a marketing technique to sell your product at a higher price. Right. Because they're motivated by profit. Right. They're motivated by money. Right. We we want to be we want to be motivated. By being wholesome, being healthy, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, providing needs for people, for a community, right. building a nation, 
kingdom building if you look at it from a spiritual yes, sir. point of view. But we're concerned with health. Mm. We're not, you know, it's unfortunate in this country, uh, the healthcare industry is perverse. Right. Not, not you all. Right. But they are looking for customers. They're not looking for cures. Not for cures, no. They're looking for customers. Right. We'll keep and they going. Make, they make money off of uh, treating right. illness, right. not curing illness. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's a very unfortunate thing. I mean, overall, you know, I've been able to see so many different markets and industries. And the one thing I can say everyone's a slave to, it feels like, is the dollar bill. Right. I mean, it. it's unfortunate. Like, my aunt... I'm not gonna call out the company, right. but she works for a large insurance company. Right. And her husband works for Pepsi. Now, he was offered a loan with no interest or like low interest, but that's Pepsi. And they're talking about their emergency relief fund, right? Right. It's already been established. The terms have already been established. So he's but then he went and contacted his wife. Well, you work for the insurance company. Maybe they'll have something even better. Maybe they'll have no interest because, you know, that's just what he was expecting. This is a large conglomerate with a bunch of money. Right. And they were still, as an insurance company, trying to make money still. Yeah. You know, they still have because that they, interest they, rate they, on the it. The insurance industry is not in the healthcare business to right. provide services. They're trying to deny service. Everything that they deny, yes, every every claim they deny is profit. It, it's, it's their Increase their profit margin. Yes, sir. You know, so it's a perverse incentive. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm in favor of universal health care. I guess you can right. gather that. People can say it's socialist, but I, yeah. I mean, I totally understand why you feel that way. Because right. at the end of the day, good health should be a universal right. Right. You should have that right. Yeah. Right. Like, that's exactly. like clean water. Exactly. You know, now we got to go and purchase water. Because the tap water is contaminated. Right, exactly. They adding things in the tap water, you know, like fluoride. And fluoride right. is a toxin. Right. You know, so, and they tell you they're trying to preserve your, your teeth. Right. But it's, it causes cavities, you know. Exactly. So they want to increase the bottom line. Right. Exactly. They want you to go to the dentist. Yes. You know? Yes. And it, it's an endless cycle. You mentioning that just kind of reminds me that it is an endless cycle. You know, everyone in power is looking across, you know, at somebody else in power who can benefit if they do what they need to do, you know, like a water company, for instance, right. the fluoride will send people to the dentist and the dentist, you know, it, it's right. just, it's endless. So that's the problem is that, like you said, there's this cycle, but the cycle is not wholesome. Right. So the thing is it keeps everybody in bad health or in bad well-being. Well, that that's what we're trying to defeat. The, exactly what you said about, you know, if we can create a wholesome cycle, right. then it'd be the total opposite. But nobody's really moralistic. But that's what the opportunity is. is. Right. See, that's where the opportunity is. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, it, it's not all doom and gloom. Right. These challenges that we are discussing is opening up an opportunity. Right. For those that are, that, that are concerned with health, healthy right. choices, right. healthy alternatives, and also taking back that power that now we have the power to feed ourselves right and to employ ourselves and to and to deliver those services right. to our own community mm -hmm. when we accept that responsibility there's a financial reward right you know if we get involved in the rebuilding effort 
there's a financial reward. Right. It's a responsibility, but that's what that's what freedom is. Right. No one else is your master. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't be looking. We out begging for jobs. We we Lazarus, lazy us, mm-hmm. begging the rich man right. for crumbs. Right. He might give you a crumb, you know. That's true. Go, go live under the bridge. <laughs> but if you're looking for a job and he hiring others, mm-hmm. it's not in. They don't have any employment for us unless you're duly convicted of a crime. Right. Now, at the penitentiary, it's full employment. Right. <laughs> Everybody goes out to the field. You know? Yeah, you've got no choice. <laughs> they got something for you to do now. Right. But out here, they don't have anything for us to do. Right. They open up uh, illegal drug trade, mm-hmm. a crime, and that's just a trap. Right. That's okay. a trap to get you in prison to work for free. Right. Exactly. So Very. now we Very have true. a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Are we going to complain about the problem? Right. Are we going to analyze the problem? Are we going to do something? Right. I have gonna... a question. Go ahead. Uh, Billy Ayolo. Yes. Where do you get sure. this last name? I heard the name Billy before, yeah. <laughs> but the last name seems a bit, Yeah. I don't know. Where, where are you from? Where's your family from? Parents are originally from Nigeria. And so that is where the last name comes from. And a lot of people ask me, is my name William? My name is not William. My dad's name was actually Billy Amin. So my dad was born in the Islamic part of Nigeria. And Billy Amin, when he finally got here, it's not that it's hard to pronounce, but people just shortened it to Billy. And so he had taken that as an opportunity to go ahead and just legalize it so he he made it billy b-i-l-l-y and when i came i just was billy jr right but at the same time if one was to go back my name would technically be billy amin okay so so a lot of people are like like, well billy like that's such a weird you know especially since the last name is foreign Mm -hmm. they're they're lost as to how it's Billy and then something foreign. Because Billy just sounds like one of those names that you never really meet someone named Billy. Yeah. It, you know, at least not on the papers. It's probably like William or something like yeah. that. But it like is Mr. Uh, President Bill Clinton. Yes. It's exactly. really William, William Clinton. William, exactly. Now, I will go as far as to say all bills are great. Uh, Bill Gates, <laughs> Bill Clinton. Um, I got to leave out one guy, but but hey, you know, I grew up on the Cosby <laughs> show, but I, you know, but my, I'm, I'm going to get into that right now. Yeah. But, you know, Bill Belichick, I'm a Patriots fan. So, yeah. you know, I I uh, am happy to share the name with so many great people and especially first and foremost, my dad. So so how did being an immigrant family uh, affect them business wise? Right. Um, I think I think one of the things for my dad was. um Having grown up in Nigeria, there weren't so many like large corporations. There, you had to have government contracts to to be a large corporation in Nigeria, and that meant you have to be in with the government because right. you weren't just getting it because you had the best product or because you had the best service, right? So my dad grew up around entrepreneurship. Like his grandmother had a lot of land. They had a lot of farms. So it's kind of funny how that's coming full circle now. But um, they had a lot of farm land and uh, they had a lot of different businesses, sewing businesses and so forth, because the trade of um, textiles is really big over there in Nigeria and a lot of other African nations. So uh, 
really, that's where it started. That's where my dad's love for entrepreneurship started, where he realized, I don't really have to work for anybody. Like, I can create jobs. I can be on the other side of this. And so he came here to get an education, went to TSU, uh, was bouncing back and forth between TSU and UTSA uh, because there were some business opportunities in San Antonio at some point. So he was moving his family around. And so uh, he finally graduated, got his MBA from U of H, and then, uh, you know, not too long after that, got into insurance and investment. And with the money he made from that, went ahead and started a clinic after Chris's medical group shut down. And my mom, who had only known working for people, because that's what doctors typically do. Your job, like mm -hmm. you, literally think I'm gonna get a degree. And I'm going to go work for a huge hospital. Right. And so that's what she was doing. But my dad was like, we should go into business for ourselves. And so this is he, my opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so my, my dad, as a, you know, a great spouse would do, invested in his wife. And that's that's how that business came about. And now we've expanded because, you know, whether it be even when we started doing CPAP machines, the reason why we did that is because my dad had been on a CPAP for 14 years. And he had realized that a lot of durable medical equipment companies mm -hmm. weren't really doing what they needed to do. He was happy with the service that he was getting from his, but a lot of patients were like, hey, they keep sending me these new masks, new tubes, and they're not asking me what I want. They just send it along with an invoice or they just charge my credit card. My dad was like, that's not right. So he decided to, to do that just for our patients. And then before long, you know, we had four or five doctors referring to us too. Mm -hmm. So... That's kind of how every business has started is out of convenience and looking out for other people's well-being. So when I say I'm an entrepreneur who's looking out for the best in the community, that's because that's I was raised with both sides of that. You know, yeah. literally like entrepreneurship is one side, then my mom's medicine, which has always been about helping people. And I'm not too sharp at science. That's not really my thing. So I was like, I'm not going to med school, but how can I help? So now a lot of it is health-based still with the, you know, the farmers markets and things like that and just prioritizing people's health and well-being overall. So mm. Yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> Very interesting backstory. Uh, but yeah, love my parents. They're the ones that got me started in all of this. And so, you know, they raised me with the right values. And that's that's just continuing on. And my sister and I are trying our best to make them proud. And we love the city of Houston. So, you know, our thing during this whole Hurricane Harvey thing is how can we give back? Now, our church, our church is doing a lot. And uh, if you guys don't mind, could I could I give a couple yeah, of addresses on where people could get some help? Um, so First Metropolitan Church, which is off the Beltway, 8870 West Sam Houston Parkway North here in Houston. They're doing, uh, they're actually hosting a shelter. Until the 15th, there'll be a shelter. So uh, we were in service today, but people okay. were constantly moving through the back of the sanctuary, moving things back and forth. Like water was literally being transported, clothing, all of yeah. that stuff. You could see people moving around in the back. And... Um, so they're hosting a shelter. It's it's doing really well. St. Maximilian Church also, uh, which is a Catholic church nearby where we used to live, 10135 West Road. They're doing a great deal there. Gallery Furniture, as we had mentioned. Right. Uh, Amogee Bank. Huge shout out to Amogee Bank, by All the right. way. I don't bank with them, but I might need to start because yeah. one of our patients was telling me about how um, they're offering free daycare. Okay. They're delivering gas to the parking yeah. lot of the job for employees to fill up. Mm. 
with the hope that their employees will use the gas considerably and go help other people too. They're yeah. offering daycare. If mm-hmm. you have older kids, they're actually getting you to bring your kids in to work since school hasn't started yet That's right. and volunteer. So Amogee's basically become a donation drop-off point, yeah. and they're distributing these things too. That's crazy. I, yeah. I've never seen a bank do something like that. That was really cool. And uh, last but not least, my boy Stan had a couple of shout-outs for me to give. Okay. <laughs> these are Instagram These are Instagram <laughs> handles, though, but um, this is a funny name. At uh, Raspy underscore Rawls, so that's R-A-S-P-Y underscore R-A-W-L-S. He's actually doing donations right now and is posting a lot of uh, different uh, sites where you can go ahead and donate and where you can get things. And then also, the next one I definitely have to spell out, but it's at H-U-R-A-L-A-I-N-M-O. So this guy's doing something very spectacular because... They're actually leading efforts to rebuild homes okay. in Houston, Port Arthur, and Beaumont. All right. So that was a uh, that was at H U R A L A I N M O. So if people are looking for opportunities to volunteer and to help people rebuild their homes so that people don't have to be displaced uh, for a long period of time, those are some of the people that you might want to go ahead and reach out to or just keep up with on Instagram and uh, report to the sites and you're able to help them out. They can use all the help they can get. That's great. And I, I noticed you're well connected. Thanks. A lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit them so, up. I'm like, hey, if you guys know somewhere that's giving or, you know, needs help, let me know. And on our social media, don't just look at those uh, posts and you can, we do want you to respond to the post. Yes, sir. But share, like and share. Right. Share exactly. with your with your contact list. Right. Because uh, we need to begin to be, uh, become our own media. Mm-hmm. You know, social media is done that way. So let's share that information and we're empowering ourselves and, right. and one another, especially these entrepreneurs. Right. You know, we started now, so uh, we really... I need uh, customers. Right. We need that revenue. And we don't have the budget, the advertising budget, right. you know, to go on a major network. So right. let's let's uh, use this networking opportunity with social media and, and make it more effective. Yes, sir. And, and, and you know, do. it, you don't have to know the person uh, personally. You just know that they're entrepreneur and they, they're getting started. And we need that service. We need the, their their products and their services. So, and and as you just, it don't cost you anything to share it and tell a friend. Exactly. You see, but also, I think we ought to spend money with one another. Mm -hmm. We should do that, Um, you know, in construction. I'm going to use this to plug Nation Builders. Yes, sir. Is a company that we started, Mm -hmm. uh, a family-owned business back in 2001, the the flood, the, the was Allison, Allison right. Tropical Storm. Yes, yes. And uh, we uh, started Nation Builders, which is a construction company. So we're going to be involved in the uh, rebuilding efforts of Houston. Perfect. So you can reach out to us on Facebook. We got a Facebook page. Along with uh, Business Building Blocks, right. we own all the social media sites. Uh, but uh, um, Nation Builders. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to... Yes, sir. Be networking we'll with up. you and yeah. with all your friends. And, 
you know, look out for us. Yes, well, this sir. is the Business Building Blocks podcast, and what we like to do is give our listeners tangible things that they can do to build their business. Definitely. So we like to call those blocks. Yes, so sir. can you give us one block that can make them successful? Yes, yes. Okay, so I would say the biggest thing, and you just touched on this actually, yeah. is staying connected. That's the biggest thing. But another thing, and I think this wraps it up perfectly, giving back to the community. That's right. People That's right. sleep on that so much. Like, it's it's really an important thing because the thing is, everything's based on proximity. Yeah. If you get close and get personal, people will get involved, and people want to support your business. And the truth is that a lot of people kind of wonder, well, why exactly is it that we don't have as much name recognition as the next guy? And it's one thing to go ahead and advertise and to put your name on, you know, for instance, uh, SciFair Credit Union is a great example in my area because I, I grew up in SciFair. We all know of SciFair Credit Union because they have their name on the stadium at Barry Center. Right. Completely makes sense. But if you're a smaller business, how can you how can you do that? You can't afford to put your name on the stadium. But what you can afford to do is during things like this, just like you said, Mr. John, it's a responsibility to get out there and help people that have been, you know, affected. Right. But at the same time, it's an opportunity too. That's right. So you're getting out there because there are people in need, and there are always people in need. Yeah. Like people continue to to wait for moments like this, but the thing that Mattress Mac actually was also highlighted for was they were saying it's not just during times of disaster that they go and put furniture in schools and homes and stuff. They have campaigns running all the time. Yeah. So yeah. if somebody walks in and says, you know, hey, I really love your couch. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got it from Gallery Furniture. That person doesn't need to know that you got it at a heavy discount or that you got it for free. But the truth of the matter is that they donated that to that family. Right. And it's still marketing. Still marketing. It's still marketing. So, uh, you know, everything's about proximity. Stay close to your friends. Stay close to your family and communicate. Make sure that the community knows about your name and uh, make sure that you build that brand recognition in the most authentic way, which is giving back. Absolutely. Real quick, can you go ahead and give your contact information if people want to support you? Yes, sir. Uh, So on Instagram, it is at F-R-E underscore Billy. So uh, that's underscore uh, B-I-L-L-Y. And then also, if anybody is looking for, you know, a good family physician... I'm not just I'm not just saying this because of bias. My mom is one of the best right. family physicians that you can find and she really cares about her patients. I mean, honestly, um I've never seen someone care so deeply in in that regard and she really looks out for them on a personal note. She's heavily affected by everything that happens to them and and uh that's why I would definitely say to look up Dr. Angie Ayola and to visit our clinic, Northwest Houston Family Practice, at 11706 Fallbrook Drive, Houston, right. Texas. Any last words? I mean, that's great. That's about that support the clinic and also medical yes, supplies, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is this MDS, under the same name? Yes, sir. Uh, MDS Medical Supplies is at the same exact address, so they can reach us through the clinic if you dial 832-912-6282 and press extension 1, and you get somebody on the line just... As for Billy Jr., 
say that you heard me talking on the podcast and you know I, I really greatly appreciate you guys having me on it's been a great opportunity thank you, man Enjoy. great great thank discussion you. I loved yeah. it absolutely man thank you thank so this you. is the business building blocks podcast you have the blocks and I get to building thank y'all for listening thank you see you next time thank you